So hi, well the Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with Ian from Breathe Atlantis. And we're asking some questions today about their upcoming album Overdrive. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you feel about the response to the announcement so far? Uh, thank you. We are so overwhelmed uh, with all of our response till yet. Um, we we never expected to have um, such international um, response, to be honest, since we're just a small German band, local band, or yeah, let's call it like that. And it's so crazy to see how many people react to the videos and to the songs we uh, already did as singles from our new album, Overdrive. And uh, yeah, it's it's nice to see and it feels good. It's uh, it's an awesome journey. Oh yeah, sure. Listen to the yeah. album earlier today, and it's so good. It is very good. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. thank you, thank of you. Of uh, so, is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art? Um, yeah, it is totally. It's a longer story behind um, the title uh, Over uh, Overdrive. We choose this title, I think, like one and a half years ago when we started this the, the album cycle or the album writing cycle. Um, and we had that idea or vision of a state of mind where we're in when two things inside of your brain fight against each other, you know, when you have, um, yeah, some kind of mental problems um, or let's say like in the state of depression and the, the one part of your brain wants to, to help you out and the other part wants to, to drag you down, you know, and that fight um with each other we we call it overdrive you know Mm -hmm. the state of the state of overdrive um for every person in our band we talk a lot about this stuff you know about mental health issues lately um since the pandemic hit you know and um since boys do not or men do not speak so openly about it it was very difficult to to speak in the band about you know mental Mm -hmm. health problems and uh but it was was quite good to to speak about everything and yeah we came up with that because every person has their their own overdrive you know it's not the same thing for everyone for me it's a different thing than or for our singer or for another person and could be something like an identity crisis of course you know Mm -hmm. when you have um problems to um to orientate yourself within this crazy world we're living right now you know and um yeah the the one person inside you wants to pull the trigger and the other wants to help you out and yeah that's what we call overdrive and we we found that fascinating that theme and um every track on that album kind of yeah surrounds that topic you know it's not everything about that one theme but and it's not a concept album but um yeah every song has to do something with that message or with that um with that idea kind of yeah that's how we choose overdrive and um yeah with that album artwork um we we started with each single you know we we did uh, different artwork covers um our bassist Lasse did them and um it was we, we wanted to try something um yeah let's call it artsy or like mm-hmm. very diffuse you know it shouldn't show some specific thing um as it should um show how how the brain works you know it's it's not mm-hmm. something specific you can really pick out you know what that should 
show what the overdrive is all about. You can't really name something. It's very diffuse. Um, and we, we just had the idea that like our brain, there are so many layers, you know, in our personality in our thinking. Um, and on the album covers, you see many layers over each other, you know, in different yeah. uh, color shapes and stuff. Um, and it should show all, on the one side, all the cover singles, you know, you can't see that directly, but it's very diffuse in there. Mm -hmm. um, and on the other hand, all the different layers and elements of our brain and of thinking, you know, how we, uh, yeah, trick ourselves into um, problems sometimes into mental health issues, you know. So yeah, that's the basic idea of, of Overdrive. Wow. That's so cool. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I <laughs> yeah, love how you. much uh, yeah. like time and effort do you guys put into the whole idea? You weren't just like, we just chose yeah. a song we off like the album, picture. and yeah, <laughs> and that's the title of the record now. So. Yeah, um, I mean, it took a long time, you know, and it was it just came naturally. It wasn't something we really invented or or like thought about in in the beginning. You know, it just developed, and when we really started to to think about, okay, what is the truest thing we could do with music? It is to express ourselves and our personalities and, you know, our problems, some, something like that. And um, yeah, this time with this album, we just wanted to be totally honest about our personal selves, you know, because sometimes it's hard to speak about personal problems or um, yeah, mental problems. Um, it's, it's even more, um, powerful to speak about this and to put it into music you know why would why would are we doing music it's not for for money or fame not, not really because we don't have any of that you know it's just <laughs> yeah we just have the music and put it out there to to feel better as musicians you know to and as human beings too so yeah it took a while to come with that and i hope that maybe people will will, will get the idea and understand what it's about you know when they hear the music when they see the the videos um the overdrive video especially uh where it showcases what what we thought about uh how, how the overdrive could look like for each person you know mm. and, yeah uh, yeah it's nice to see that that some people uh, can can connect to this you know and respond for sure yeah. sure uh so can you tell us a little bit about a little bit about your writing process for this album Mm -hmm. it was different than the than the other albums definitely because uh, with the other albums we we are doing uh album number three four right now with overdrive um before we had uh finished songs and we went into the studio you know we did pre-production for finished songs we choose the songs which uh were uh yeah be chosen for the album um and then record them like 11, 12 tracks. With that album, mm. it was very different because we, we went into the studio with, let's say, two songs as demos and nothing more, you know? And wow. um, every, every song on the album, except maybe one or two, were developed right in, in the studio sessions. Um, we were very lucky to work with Andy, uh, who's the producer of Overdrive, and he's a good friend. He's he's living uh, near of our location here in Germany, and he's in a band too, in a metal band called Any Given Day. So he has a big, um, a lot of experience 
working in the music field, producing his own band, producing other bands, writing for other bands. And um, yes, yeah, so we sat down in the studio and developed these songs from scratch every time. You know, we had just really one, two, maybe three ideas of songs. And um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was different, but it was in the end, it gave us the opportunity to, to reconsider um, many of the songs later, you know. So when we started writing maybe track number seven or eight, our, our style may slightly change a bit. And when you reconsider the track number one you, you did in the beginning, mm -hmm. maybe it doesn't fit anymore to the rest, you know, because you're, you're growing, the idea of, of your music is growing during the process. And yeah, so it was, it was cool to learn new, a, new, a new method, how to write songs and how to uh, write an album. Before it was just, okay, we know we have these 11, 12 good tracks uh, and we go into the studio and record them and we're done in one month or two months. And mm -hmm. this time it was, yeah, like we were in the studio for two years almost. Jeez. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's the negative, or the, the one downside to this was it was hard to sometimes to get into the flow, you know, when you have like one or two day studio sessions and then you go back to normal life or doing other stuff in your life, working uh, maybe a part-time job or something. Um, you, you lose a bit of flow during the, the writing process. Mm -hmm. But in the end, uh, the, the, the product itself um, was, was, was better than with the other method. And um, yeah, it was, it was fun to do, really. And we're so lucky to, um, to have the opportunity to do that, you know, because, yeah, of course, it's a bit more expensive to do that, to, to have yeah. a studio for like over two years, not, mm -hmm. not the full two years, of course, you know, we didn't rent out that studio for two years. That would, <laughs> I, I think not even Metallica would do that. So maybe no. They would, but, <laughs> no. But yeah, um, we learned and we grow, we have grown as musicians and uh, it was a, it was a good experience this time. And maybe next time we do it another way, but who knows? <laughs> yeah. Very cool. All right. Cool. So I want you to tell us your favorite lyric off this album and the meaning behind it. Oh yeah, um, just one. That's hard, just hard one. To choose. Yeah, I, I would. I would probably say um, it's the 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 lyric in the breakdown of Overdrive, the title track, where mm. uh, the lyrics go, "This is my prison," and it leads into the breakdown. You know, and this kind of sums up what um, the worst or the downside of the overdrive is because you feel like uh, you're in your own prison, you know, mm -hmm. your, your mind is your prison some, some, uh, sometimes and it, it won't let you out into the free world. Um, and yeah, that kind of sums up the last two years first too, you know, or um, the time of the pandemic too with Corona, mm -hmm. you know, you're stuck inside yourself, you know, you can't really go somewhere share yeah. social uh yeah the social life with someone else with your friends and stuff you can't go to concerts and connect to to other people um yeah through music through through art whatever through sports you, you're really inside yourself and it can feel like a prison and um yeah that's that's a, i think it's a heavy feeling you know if you mm -hmm. have that and if it's even nicer that this lyric um piece is is yeah before the breakdown you know it's it's yeah. like very raw it's 
yeah, it's just spoken out perfectly, you know, with a meaning. Um, yeah, it's it's not it's not too much, you know. It's not too much over explaining. It's just yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's this this the situation right now is a prison for me, and uh, yeah, I think that's my favorite lyric from from that album. All right, for sure, it's definitely relatable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, how did the track list for the album come about? Did you guys write the opener to be the opener, closer to be a closer? Did you shuffle around, see what fits? What was that process like? Um, I think with with the singles coming out uh, very early this time, we started releasing the first single in in May last year. Um, it was a bit. Like there was a story flow with with the singles, you know. Each each video we did had, yeah, a kind of, um, yeah. Do you call it cliffhanger? Mm. In in yeah, yeah you, you call it that truly. You know, yeah. the end is 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 going into the beginning of the next video, and we 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 developed the idea of okay, this song has this ending of the story, and then the next story maybe continues with that. So the first. I guess five tracks with the singles were were kind of set, you know. Mm. Um, it's it's overdrive, it's um, it's savior, earthquake, and um, and changes coming. Mm. Then later in, in the album, um, in the album uh, rhythm, like album, yeah, song structure. Yeah. But the the last song we we choose on purpose because the ending is it it just feels right as an album ending it's the the softest song on the album it's going down mm -hmm. and it it ends with that um guitar and synth um yeah outro you know mm -hmm. and that that song especially going down um sums a bit up like how it feels to be in the moment of a catastrophe where everything is going down and it, everything is ending, it's the end of time, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, that just gave a good feeling for for an album ending, you know, mm -hmm. because yeah, the li the listeners is sent out on on a on a on an open ending there, you know, and yeah, I think, but just basically uh, with the other songs, we have just looked at. It's it's not repeating, you know. The the tempo, the meaning of the song, is 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 uh, yeah in a good structure there to the other songs, um, yeah. And of course, the opening opening song, "Break the Silence," starts with that Tom hits, you know, this boom mm -hmm. boom, and it was just like, okay, this is the first song. The artist yeah. should start with that. You no know? brainer. So much and yeah, so much energy. It's it's sounding like an intro, and uh, yeah. Okay. Okay, so you kind of knew it once you heard it. You were like, okay, this is first song, this is the ending. Yeah, Everything else yeah. is just kind of it goes there. Yeah, I think it was just I, I, me and Nico, we our singer Nico, uh, we just yeah, we're, we're thinking about this like twenty minutes. The overall <laughs> uh, tr track list. It was just yeah. like, okay, that's it. It it has to be this way, you know. Before mm -hmm. we we had like so big discussions about where which song should fit here and there and there's a soft song and you can't put a, a hard song after another hard song and which mm -hmm. uh which tempo it is in and um yeah we discussed a lot about track lists in the in the early days but now it just yeah like with that album it's just combining everything you know everything's coming perfectly together and um yeah 
like you said, no brainer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of went into it a little bit earlier, but if you want, you to go a bit more in depth. Uh, would you be able to tell us where your headspace was at while you were creating this album? Like again, um, our, where our headspace was. Yes. Was, or in uh, which heads- state of mind we were. Yes, state of mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was very difficult um, when we thought about doing this album. Um, so just brainstorming about doing this album and writing this. We had um, just put out Soul Made, which was an album with in a more yeah alt rock, alternative rock mm-hmm. style. You know, we wanted to try that and always wanted to do that kind of music um, on one album. Um, but we 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 felt like it lacked a bit of energy and it lacked a, a bit of of yeah rockier stuff. You know, mm-hmm. a bit more of uh, it could have more tempo on the next album we thought about that and how it should um how we would play that live you know mm-hmm. is there enough life energy on the new songs so we we were thinking about okay maybe we should do uh yeah heavier songs on the next yeah. album mm-hmm. and um yeah with that said um the next few months after that starting saying the writing process was very difficult because first our um our main drummer our um drummer marcus left the band you know he mm. was uh, yeah a founding member of the band yeah and years ago um because yeah yeah he wanted to pursue another career and had a, have wanted to have a stable life outside of yeah. the band and stuff so yeah getting a new drummer in who would fit the band and the vibe was was not that easy and who was also so talented um then during the recording process, our guitarist left the band, uh, oh, wow. Joschka, and we, yeah, it was just Nico and me left with the original mem- members, and we had to get yeah another solution for that. So I switched mm-hmm. from bass to guitar again. Um, I was a native guitar player, uh, so-called, and switched to bass some years ago, and yeah we now had to rebuild our band you know yeah and still had to figure out to to finish this this whole album um and i think yeah these problems set the the the, the ground for for the vibe of the album because mm-hmm. we were we were kind of anxious how the future would be like you know with a band too uh with corona and stuff happening we were um yeah a, a bit pissed off because yeah it, it some things didn't turn out in our favor you know we were always a bit let down by um also by labels and stuff you know by by the music industry by yeah. uh, people in the music industry uh although we were yeah yeah, working our asses off and fighting mm-hmm. and and trying to put out good music we we were often let down and so yeah, we were left with with a with half of a band, half yeah. of an album and stuff. And that was yeah, okay, it's all or nothing. Let's let's just do it, you know. It just gave so much energy and power to stand before the in front of the abbess, you know, mm-hmm. to say like, okay, we're finished here, we just quit, you know, we just pay off the the uh, studio rent and all the, the money to, to the label back and stuff yeah. and say, okay, it's 
we, we quit here, but that would be the easy way. And we had so much more to give with, with that theme, theme of overdrive to, to, to tell something about us, to tell about, um, yeah, the overdrive thing and to put out this music. We just, we just, it just felt right to, to continue and to fight for that once again, you know? And it was, mm -hmm. it was even more easy to do that now because there was no pressure, you know, because we knew, okay, um, we just do it for ourselves, you know? Yeah. There's no pressure, there's no, our label can't hurt us, the people in the music industry can't hurt, can't hurt us. And even if, if nobody would listen to this album, we would still say, okay, we just did it and we, we're proud what we did and how it turned out, you know? So I think that was a turning point for us. Oh, yeah. For sure. And how did bringing in two brand new members affect your writing process? Did they fit in like almost immediately or were there a couple like bumps in the roads with that? No, it just, it, it, yeah, it just vibed, you know. Um, Silas, our, our drummer, he's uh, yeah, way younger. He is like 21, I guess. We're all around like at the end of 20 and he's so damn good and talented. <laughs> and it's, yeah. we were so lucky that we found him because it's just, like he was born with drums, you know, um, or with drums. And he was, it was good that he was into that kind of, of music too, you know, yeah. that he was more in heavy drumming and heavy music and not into, let's say like jazz rock. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, surf rock music or punk rock or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it just fit and, and he wrote, um, he wrote the drums on the album or he just uh, re redone the drums, you know, he, he um, polished some bits here and there, you know, and yeah, he, he, he worked on the album for the drums and it turned out way nicer than I ever thought. Um, that's good. Because yeah, that's why he's, it's because, uh, because he's so young that he does not think about yeah music so much you know we we're mm -hmm. stuck with 30 you, you have so many ideas and so many experiences with putting out music and writing music that sometimes you get stuck you know with an idea mm -hmm. how you should write songs and he's just so young and he has no clue how how the music business works and stuff he just yeah he's just yeah. doing what he does you know and so that was cool and um yeah when Lasse our new bass player came in it was, it was very natural to us because we knew him for years he's a good friend of us even though he's living like yeah how many we have kilometers here so how many miles i i think it's like 700 miles away wow. from from our location here so every yeah. time we are, we are practicing he comes in here he's he's flying or going by train to here mm -hmm. um but but it's working out good because we know him for so many years. We played in bands together or played in different bands and, and played shows together. So yeah, that was, that was easy. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love right. that. Sounds like you guys got the best case scenario then. I'm happy for yeah, you. Yeah. I, I don't know why that happened. You know, it's just mm -hmm. like, maybe it's fortune or maybe it's fortune of, of people who, who just strive for that or for, for, yeah, for success. Yeah. Let's say call it success, but you just work for that and sometimes it works out you know in mm -hmm. your favor mm -hmm. and uh, we were at that moment where we even decided okay maybe we th just should go with a three-piece band you know yeah. which would be yeah a bit weird you know like mm -hmm. fever three three is doing that and they're they can handle that you know they're 
three people who have so so big um like yeah aura or surrounding you know they, oh, they yeah. can handle a, a, a band uh, just with three people but uh yeah it's not that easy to do that you know For um sure. so it, it was lucky that we found Lasse and that he wanted to do it so yeah oh yeah love that uh, so how do you guys recommend or how do you recommend uh, your fans to listen to this album for the first time? Should they do it in the car with friends, in the dark with headphones on? Is it a party album, workout album? What do you personally recommend? Mm. If I had to choose something, I would say, first of all, um, it's it's a, it's an album that you have to, to listen to completely and maybe on your own because... The theme of, of the album is, is so important. And I think that if you listen to it with other people, you know, you can't really maybe let go of stuff, you know, yeah. and just feel what, what the music is about. And if it speaks to you, if the lyrics speaks to you, you, you may be more concerned about what others would think of you. If you would feel that, you know, if you get goosebumps, sometimes people say, okay, maybe it's, it, they are anxious to show that they feel something, you know, yeah. and that's maybe why it's better to, to listen to it on, on your own. But you said something like working out, you know, what, what I experience sometimes when I listen to these songs and I, um, I go maybe running or, or just going to the gym, you know, you can, you can really do sports to these songs, you know, they're a bit uplifting and, and maybe motivating, you know. I always wanted to have one song maybe in that Spotify playlist where it's just like gym workout, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It would work out pretty, pretty, pretty good, you know. Um, it's because it's aggressive, you know, and sometimes you you need a bit of aggression in your life, you know, um, to to gain some motivation to do some stuff, you know, when you work out or I don't know. When you're doing your laundry or when you're yeah <laughs> cutting the trees outside you need some some aggression sometimes sure. yeah <laughs> perfect yeah uh, so this one should be super super quick off the top of your head i want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words okay uh i have to i have to think about that one okay. <laughs> oh yeah that's fine no that's fine um from, from my side of views or in, in, in which way I should describe that. You're pitching it to say, somebody. I'm, I'm pitching it to some, somebody. Um, mm-hmm. I would say it's, it's honest, mm-hmm. it's aggressive, and it's... Mm, yeah. Would you say that in English to call it, it it's deep? like it's yeah it has a deeper meaning to it mm-hmm. you know yeah it's yeah. not always super superficial it's i think it's deep you know and it's i hope it's speaking to people so yeah honest aggressive and deep perfect perfect love it uh yeah. so in that same train of thought but not as fast and not as much pressure is there a certain <laughs> feeling or emotion you want listeners to have while going through the album mm, a feeling of of release maybe of, of freedom you know um that deep feeling when you get when you yeah just breathe out yeah because you you did understand something in your life maybe you know that it speaks to you and when you listen to it that you get that that click moment you say mm-hmm. ah okay that's why i'm weird maybe or maybe i'm not even weird it's just the way i am the yeah. way i work or thinking it's not I'm not on my own. Many people have that maybe because that band is 
is yeah singing singing about that problem and writing lyrics about that problem and i'm involved in that you know and i think that's a nice feeling to have you know that that you're not alone that you get into yeah into a connection with with other people um yeah and it's it's like maybe the feeling that a burden is lifted upon your your, your shoulders you know yeah. that it's the weight the weight is gone you know mm-hmm. i think I, I would wish that feeling to to the listeners yeah oh yeah that's a good one perfect yeah uh, so what is your favorite memory that you made while creating this album Oof. drinking many beers with the boys <laughs> there you go yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah or not even beers it's we're, we're gin tonic fans here yeah. i don't know mm-hmm. what yeah, maybe it's it's famous in the US too, but gin tonic is uh, very famous here right now. And uh, yeah, I don't know which which moment it was the best, but there were so many good moments when we openly spoke about stuff. You know, um, yeah. like I said in the beginning, as a band, um, we're we're in this for so many hours a week. You know, we work so many hours during the week, and and like how many years do we do with that now i i know nico our singer for i guess eight years now and i think i have met him more in my life or worked with him more uh than i've seen my my girlfriend you know and still <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it is you know and uh, you still can't speak about certain things in your life with each mm-hmm. other and that is weird why why is that you know and with this album process, it became more natural to speak about your inner problems, you know, all day, pro, all daily problems you have sometimes, and um, yeah, to open up a bit um, with with yeah, kind of your best friends, you know. And mm-hmm. um, I, I like these these deep talks late in the late in the night after recording sessions where yeah. we spoke maybe about lyrics for the next day when we're recording them. And uh, if we could maybe give that song another idea. Um, there's there's one one thing I remember, which, uh, which was very nice. We took one song, it was Savior. Um, we took that demo and Nico and me were flying to Sweden, to Edinburgh. Uh, of the band Eminence. Maybe you have heard of them. Mm-hmm. Eminence is a metalcore band from uh, Sweden. And yeah. we worked on that track together because he was featuring on it. And I, we wanted to have a weekend there to just work on the song. And it was just nice to see how a location switch can uh, give that song another meaning. Because in the beginning, it was, it was called differently. The main hook was... Um, I can be your angel, mm-hmm. which was very cheesy and did not get what we wanted to say. You know, it was just like a different song. And then we were flying off to Sweden and it was like late October, I guess, starting November. And the weather in Sweden is very dark. There's no sun. It's very mm-hmm. foggy, very rainy. And you get that very depressed feeling instantly when you're there, you know, yeah. and working with Eddie going on a walk with the dogs of him and speaking about that song, we, in 20 minutes, we changed the idea of singing You're My Angel into I Can't Be Your Savior. You know, yeah. it really just switched the meaning of the song. And that was very nice because we learned how much the environment uh, is important when you write a song. You know, if you're, 
if you're somewhere in, in California where the weather is good, you know, in the summer and everyone is hyped, you can't really write a depressed song, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it is, maybe it's wrong, I don't know. But if you're somewhere else and it's very, yeah, very dark and you get into that mood of writing a specific thing you have in, in your mind, I, I think that's important. And that I, I took that from the yeah, writing process. Okay, yeah, very okay. cool. Um, so for this question, I want you to picture you're on tour, you're at a gas station for a rest stop. What is your snack of choice? Again, again. Um, so you're on tour, you're at a gas station for a rest stop. What is your snack of choice? Okay. Um, mm -hmm. re do you call it Reese's? Yes. Yes. Reese's? The yeah, yeah, Reese's cups. I love them. We have them. Yeah, we have them here too in, in many, many different variations in smaller ones like this but the big ones too mm -hmm. and i love that peanut butter in there really yeah i'm i'm, I'm more american when it comes to food really <laughs> <laughs> yeah perfect i respect yeah. it uh so on the topic of food if the band was a dish what dish would the band be oh god damn it a dish um yeah fish and chips Ooh. Very British, I know, but it would be fish and chips, I guess. It's it's honest, you know, it's honest food. It doesn't mm. show you, it, it doesn't try to be healthy at all. It just says, okay, I'm unhealthy, just eat me, you know. Exactly. Um, but, you know, yeah. And um, you know when you taste it, okay, you can't maybe um, expect to get healthier, but it helps you for a short time period to feel better because you had uh, a good snack. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right, yeah. That's fair. I get it. I get it. Um, so for the last couple of questions, we're going to shift away from music yeah. and go straight to death row. Boom. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Um, pizza. Pizza. Yeah. I would. I would go for pizza. Nice. I don't know. It's it's simple. I I couldn't think about anything else on my death row because yeah. Pizza. Which kind of pizza? Mm -hmm. Diavolo. I would pick Diavolo. Something spicy, you know, with mm -hmm. jalapenos or pepperonis. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. And how you wash them down. <laughs> Thank you. I hope I get that when I'm on death row. So I'm yeah. counting on you. <laughs> <laughs> and what drink are you having with it? Um, with alcohol? Yeah, gin tonic. Okay. Gin tonic? Yeah. All right. I would take a gin tonic. Okay. <laughs> so if you could live in one fictional world for a week, where would you live? Oh, mm -hmm. fictional. Just let me let me quick think about that one. Okay. Um, I think since my girlfriend introduced me to the world of Harry Potter, and since many people are, are nerds about Harry Potter, I would pick Harry Potter. I, I've grown up with Harry Potter. Uh, I, I read like the first three books, but then, yeah, it, it, it didn't catch me because I grew older, you know, and you outgrow that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, some some years ago, I've w had to watch all the Harry Potter movies in a row. On a, yeah. I think on a, on a full day or maybe in two. I don't know. Wow. It was just like seven That's movies commitment. or something. Yeah. yeah, it is commitment. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
my, my girlfriend loved me for that because she was such a Harry Potter nerd. And mm-hmm. but after that, I after watching these movies in a full row, I did understand why so many people are nerds about that. You know, it was just like it's so it's a full world of of mystery and um, it's mm-hmm. so so well thought out everything and it gets dark in the end you know it's very yeah. creepy and dark in the end so yeah I would choose Harry Potter mm-hmm. and do you know what house you'd be in again do you know what house you'd be in Gryffindor Ravenclaw Hufflepuff Slytherin. oh yeah uh, there's which house I, I'm in Hogwarts I'm a good dude you know I wouldn't I wouldn't go to Slytherin I mean I, mm-hmm. I couldn't choose either you know because the hat chooses me so yeah, true, um true. it would choose Hogwarts for me I guess Okay. When you say Hogwarts, do you mean Hufflepuff or Gryffindor? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean Gryffindor, of course. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Hogwarts. I, I, I always um, put that on the same level, you know. It's like mm-hmm. Harry Potter is Gryffindor, is Hogwarts, you know, the other house yeah. can like, okay. <laughs> oh, you're right, though. I get it. I get it. Um, so- which, which house would you be in? I'm Hufflepuff. You were just Slytherin. <laughs> Hufflepuff? Oh, you? Mm-hmm. I don't fucking know. Glory, what house would I be, be in? Uh, Slytherin. Thanks. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have the honor of asking the last question, and every single person you've spoken to have said that it is the most important question. Okay. What's your favorite color? Oh, God, black. Ooh, All right. I respect I, it. Yeah. That is so easy. I thought about that today because someone was was saying to me um, that uh, she was sorting her closet by color. Mm. And I responded like, I, I can't really do that because I just have black in my closet, you know, just yeah. black clothes. Maybe a bit of gray, maybe a bit like this green here, but that was just like black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, All right. that's fair. I get um, that. So as I said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Um, I would say thank you for that nice interview. It was uh, nice to talk to you. That were many great questions, and it felt felt good to to speak about this. You know, we don't do that very often because it, I think that was our first, no, our second interview with um, with the U- people from the U.S. about oh. our music uh, ever. So, yeah, it was it was a nice experience, and I yeah. hope that the people out there. We'll get what we want to to tell them, get the message. And um, yeah, I hope many people can connect to this and feel better. Hell yeah. For sure. All right. Oh, well, thank you. For now, the Spanyan from uh, Breathe Atlantic, and we have been the Good Noise Podcast.